because we had to keep postponing January okay so two weeks so let me ask you a question has God done anything in your life in the two weeks it's been since the last time we had communion service you better answer yes if you're alive it doesn't even matter that's not even the qualifier yeah George did you have a comment George or you just raised your hand like he has been please please do Before we go any further, Hannah, Phil, was this someone's water? I'm in need of water, so I'm asking. Well, it's a good thing we're brothers, right? Anyone else? I was thinking as George was saying that, you know, we sometimes pray and we forget the relationship that God has set forth for us. It's Father and child which one of you and God uses the language in scripture other places too but which one of you if your kid asks you a question do you sit there and not answer them you just stare at them I'm not going to answer you though maybe we use that as a tactic like I'm not going to answer you because you're out of sorts with me and there's a place in scripture that talks about God not hearing our prayers because of things that have been going on but for the, the, the aspect here is one of love father to a child if the child has something the father is going to respond and this is what it is it may not be what that child wants to hear okay but it is going to be hopefully and again we're talking earthly fathers that's not that's the shadow god is the reality us earthly fathers are poor representations of god the father but at the same time we seek to make our decisions for our children for their good we try to do that for them how much more God the Father for his children? Go ahead, George. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Good thoughts this morning. So far.
Sorry, to, I, I don't know if I'm going to get this right. You know, my wording, I'm still struggling with the uh, thought process. But one of the things I think is going to be great in heaven is that we no longer have to deal with get this right, the, the perceived absence of God in our lives. I don't know if that's coming across right or not. <laughs> um, but the idea that Never a moment there do we somehow forget that God is there. And so, to Emmanuel, the manifestation of that, the completeness of that, God with us. And the, the passage that reads that we will know as we are known. That's food for a lot of thought. Okay. Know as we are known. God knows us completely. Never a moment of doubt. Never, ever again. What else? Pastor. Justin Peters was on YouTube doing a report on the various television pastors in the country and what they are teaching. And it was quite revealing because he was going through something about them and their uh, attitude when nothing happened to them and they use that as an excuse to say to people that see there's no God and uh, this was going on they showed this man with a gun and it was uh, he's in the
Bible says towards the end that there's going to be an increase of false what? False teachers. And we're to be on guard okay, for the truth that we, as the people who are teaching don't give what the itching ears want to hear. And the love of most will grow cold. Um, all things that are approaching and are somewhat here. Um, there are things for us, of course, as people to keep guard on. I was thinking as you were saying that nothing has happened to them. I think the word needs to be put in there after that, the word yet. God will not leave his name besmirched like that. Someone is going to pay. Either that person in an eternity of punishment or Jesus Christ's blood is going to cover that. And I wonder sometimes the emotions that come up when we're watching or hearing such things. Do we get angry and want that person to have the retribution of God or do we want mercy for them? George, you had another thought. God's there now. <laughs> Hannah. that. What's nice about that for the person who's being asked is that usually drives us to be deeper in the scripture. Like, I'm going to be grilled on this tomorrow. I better get going. And that's a good thing for both. So use that to your advantage too. But amen to that. Yep. I remember the first time at work I was teaching and, and, and somebody came up and just started asking me questions out of the blue. I was ill-prepared for what happened because I'm in a public school. I'm teaching music and I was able to, the nice thing about being a choir director is I can make the groups saying things, you know, that, that, that might, they might never encounter. Uh, and, and they did bring up some discussions, you know. And they come up, what are we singing about? Well, let me tell you what we're singing about. But just as I mentioned to you, right to the right to, I better be ready for the questions that are coming. So I encourage you to, to do that. Great, great testimony. What else is God doing in your life? Jessica, go ahead.
Well, the day is called today. Is it today? Today? Sure is. Anyone else? Dale? We'll sing that. We'll we'll do that as our hymn today. What's what's the number? I'm gonna forget in a few moments. But sure. Help, help me remember four seventy three. Sheila. I'll give my own report in the last two weeks. This last week um, was my first full week back to school without a snow day, which, let me tell you, I'm so thankful. We're talking about the providence of God. I went back on January 8th, and, and we were talking about the small things. January 8th, I think, was too early. I mean, that's when they said I could go back, and that's when I had to go back. I had a paper that said I had to go back to work January 8th, and it had a bunch of restrictions on it. But I wasn't worried about the push-pull-lift thing as I was so much about the fog that I have, number one. Number two, the stamina to make it through the day. And that first week, I think, think we had a couple of snow days, and I went to school twice that week. And then the week afterwards, we had a couple more snow days, and it wasn't a full week. And then the week after that, it was like the midwinter break, and we didn't have a full week then. God was slowly easing me into full time. So I've been back to school since January 8th, but this last week was the first week I had to get five full days in. Um, Thursday was rough, really rough. I came home from Thursday and I was tired, and, and my family knows, and they've been dealing with a tired dead all their entire time being on this planet, but for different reasons now. But um, got home, and, and Friday, I was praying, Lord, I got to get another day in. This is Friday, got to go. And I had a great day Friday. 
I had a tremendous amount of energy I got through the day. I felt great. I was bouncing around the classroom, uh, so to speak. And uh, that's just the answer to prayer. You know, and, and the reminder that we are completely reliant upon God. Okay? And he got me through this week. And then yesterday, we had our first competition. So I was going, this is actually six days that we were out and going. It was a full day of work. Uh, trying to get through that after that was over. And again, God was gracious and got me through it. I didn't have a whole lot of events to go to. I went to the ones that I had. Everybody was asking how I was doing, surprised that I was there, told me I looked good. And I was thanking God uh, that those were the reports I was getting. Because it's not me. I'm not doing that to look good. and I'm not, you know, I'm not here because of my own recognizance. I didn't do this. I had a heart problem, and that's the only thing I could do. Uh, I'm, I'm a great analogy for spiritual things. I had a heart problem that was going to kill me, and God saved me through that. And I am much better after the procedure. That's a, still a shadow you know, of the reality, but it's a good shadow. It gives me something to be able to use to talk to people. Yeah, my heart's fixed. Let me tell you about my real heart. It's fixed before that. Same surgeon. He goes by God. So, just a really good week. Continue to pray. <laughs> I need it. I need the prayer. Um, and I'm looking forward to the the next milestone is the end of February. And they said by then, the physical stuff here where the incision was should be completely healed. The, the internal stuff's going to be a while, like up to a year or more uh, before that gets taken care of entirely. Praise God I'm here at this point. I'll take the time that he's given me. And I'm thankful for it. Anyone else? Bill?
else. Let's uh, take up um, an offering uh, for uh, the needy in our church, the needs that are there. Um, if we could have a couple men come forward to do that. Thank you, Lord, that we can give a portion back of what we have with our own. But really, Lord, it's all yours. You're only stewards of it. And we pray, Lord, that you the giving of this funds to further your purpose to help those who are in need, Lord, be counted a blessing to us. We thank you for all that you've given to us, Lord. And we pray that you would bless the gift, that you would bless the giver.
I wanted to read to you today as our meditation, Isaiah 53. I'm sure you're familiar with the passage, but it stands complementary as if any part of Scripture wouldn't be complementary, but to what we heard this morning from Ezekiel. And the picture of that unlovable, aborted child. What did it take to let that child live, to spread the garment over it, and to say, you are mine? This is what it took. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. And the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Not a very happy passage when you consider what the Lord of glory went to purchase, as the scripture says here, peace for us, pay for our transgressors. I want to read one more thing, and then we'll go to our time here. Luke 22, verses 14 and following. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to the man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, 
which of them it could be who was going to do this. Now before I read the next passage, do you know what the next passage of Scripture, what do they do next? After they they wonder if it's them who's going to betray Christ. What's the next thing that they do? They sit around trying to figure out who's going to be what? The greatest. That's their next action. They miss the significance of the beginning part of the whole thing where Jesus is talking. But the beauty of this whole thing, well, there's several things I wanted to point out. The beauty of it is they get it after it happens. They understand. Um, what I wanted to, to mention here, just very quickly, is Jesus' first words to them. He says, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He knows what's coming before I suffer. I wanted to be here with you. The people who I'm going to suffer for in just a few hours. No hesitation. That's our Savior. I want to give us time to think about the things that we may be holding on to still. Those conversations that came are the same things that we deal with. Who's going to be the greatest? Is it me, Lord, that betrays? Spend some time with God right now. Clear, clear some things before we partake of this table. We don't want to make a mockery. Father, we are thankful for such a great Savior. We're thankful for the plan of salvation that you have not only planned, but you brought it to completion. When Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. Lord, we still wait on this side of glory, as we've been talking about today, waiting for things to be right be put correctly. We see, as we've heard in our time here today, the apostasy, the blasphemy, the condition of the world. But at the same time, Lord, we've heard testimony of people who have come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not to forget that you are in complete control, and everything, though it seems chaotic, is going exactly how you have planned and desired it to be. Lord, we do wait as your people your family, as your sons and daughters, for our redemption to come, for this to be over, and for us to be home with you. What a great thing. And in the meantime, Lord, I pray that you will help us to be good ambassadors for the family that we're in, all honoring. Help us to be mindful of the things that we do that yet do not resemble Christ. Continue to work in our hearts, Lord, that, that maybe at times they seem like a patchwork being put together, but Lord... You have said that we will be completed. We are faithful to do that. So we take hope in that. I ask, Lord, that you be with us during this time as we celebrate the Lord's death. We ask this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask Dale if he would ask God's blessing on the bread.
eat the bread, we remember the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. God says that the life is in the blood. Have you heard that? Have you read that before? Some other <coughs> version that some people have to seeing blood, I'm one of those people. If I prick my finger, which I have to do now to take care of my sugar and take care of other things, it drives me nuts. Part of it, I believe, is because I know that's a portion of life. And I realize that God loves us to create some more in our bodies and it's taken care of, but I think that's part of my aversion to it. Scripture says also that we're plunged, washed with the blood, and where the world sees red, and it ir- you can't get the stain out, it's permanent. They see red, and it's forever garments are ruined. As God looks at somebody washed in red, I think I've mentioned this before again, he sees absolute white. Ever wash something and have to wash it again because it didn't get clean the first time? Ever wash something and realize that it's never going to get clean? One wash. And that's filled with the faith of the
as we drink the cup, remember the lifeblood of the Lord Jesus Christ spilled out. Brethren, this ordinance is temporary. Temporary. You only get to celebrate this table so many times in your life before you're gone. And at some point in time, Jesus comes again, and it's over. The bridegroom is with him. Remember at the beginning, he said, I would not drink of the cup or partake of this feast until the kingdom. There is a great wedding feast approaching. It is, we, are, we are moving towards that every single moment where we're going to be with Christ. And this will be not necessary anymore. Be at that wedding feast with our brother. Let's stand and be dismissed with the singing of Jesus paid it all. <coughs> Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as There's one more thing that's temporary. When they had sung a hymn, they were dismissed. Someday, we're never going to be dismissed again. Until we need it again, brothers, we're dismissed. <laughs>